Section thirty five of Monday Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Monday Tales by Alphonse Daudet, translated by Marion McIntyre. Section thirty five yuletide stories part one a christmas eve revel in the marais monsieur majeste manufacturer of seltzer water in the marais has been celebrating christmas eve with a little party of friends in the place royale and now is returning homeward humming a tune to himself saint paul strikes two how late it is says the good man and he hastens but the pavement is slippery the streets dark and besides in that infernal old quarter which dates from the days when vehicles were rare there are so many windings corners and spur stones in front of the gates for the convenience of horsemen that all these things prevent a man from making speed especially when his legs are a little heavy and his eyes somewhat dimmed after all the toasts of the evening however monsieur majeste reaches home at last he pauses before a tall decorated portal where a scutcheon lately gilded gleams in the light of the moon the ancient armorial bearings have been repainted and now serve as the sign of his manufacturing establishment former hotel de nesmont majeste junior manufacturer of seltzer water upon all the siphons of the factory on bill heads and letter heads also are displayed the ancient resplendent arms of nesmont the portal passed the courtyard is entered it is large bright and airy and in the daytime when its entrance is opened all the street is lighted by it at the farther end is a great building very ancient the dark walls carved and decorated swelling balconies of iron stone balconies with pilasters immense lofty windows surmounted with frontons their capitals rising even to the top story there was roof within roof and crowning all dormer windows looked out from masses of slate each encircled with garlands like a mirror there was also a great stone stairway corroded from many a rain a poor lean vine clung to the walls as black as the cord hanging from the pulley in the loft an indescribable air of sadness and decay clung to everything this was the ancient hotel de desmond by day the aspect of the place was different the words office shop workman's entrance standing in gilded letters upon the old walls make them look alive and modern teams from the railway stations pass and shake the portal clerks come to the stone steps each with pen behind his ear and ready to receive merchandise the courtyard is loaded with cases baskets straw and packing cloth it is easily perceived that this is a factory but in the deep silence of the night when the wintry moonlight darts through that mass of complicated roofs its light interwoven with shadows the ancient house of the nesmond assumes once more its seigneurial aspect 
the carving of the balconies looks like lace-work the court of honour seems larger than before and the old staircase unequally lighted has nooks which remind you of dim cathedral corners empty niches and hidden steps like those of an altar and on this special evening monsieur majesté finds that his house presents a singular appearance as he crosses the deserted courtyard the sound of his footsteps impresses him the staircase seems immense to him and difficult to climb no doubt the festivities of the evening have something to do with this arrived at the first story he stops to regain breath and approaches a window ah see what it is to inhabit an historic house monsieur majesté is not poetical no indeed and yet as he looks upon that beautiful aristocratic courtyard where the moon spreads a veil of blue light as he looks at this venerable place once a nobleman's residence and now appearing as if asleep its roofs benumbed beneath their hood of snow thoughts of the other world come to him well now what if the nesmonds returned at this moment a loud ringing of bells reaches his ears the folding doors at the entrance of the house open so quickly and brusquely that the street lamp is extinguished and for some moments there is heard below in the doorway wrapped in shadow an indistinct sound the sound of voices whispering that mingle with a rustling noise they dispute press forward hasten to enter lackeys innumerable lackeys are there coaches with plate-glass doors and windows gleam in the moonlight sedan-chairs move to and fro a torch on each side flaming up as the current of air from the portal strikes them in no time the courtyard is full of people but at the foot of the stone steps the confusion ceases people are seen descending from their carriages bowing to each other they enter talking together as if they are acquainted with the house there is a rustling of silk on the steps a clatter of swords only white heads are seen locks so heavily powdered that they look dull and dead all these voices are thin and clear and slightly tremulous their tiny peals of laughter are hollow without volume their footsteps scarcely seem to touch the ground all these men and women appear to be old very old their eyes are sunken their jewels have no glow of fire the ancient silks they wear shimmer softly with changing tints which gleam faintly beneath the light from the torches and above all this splendour floats a little cloud of powder which rises from all these heads with coiffures piled up high and rolled into little ringlets at each of their charming courtesies somewhat stiff because of swords and big panniers that tiny cloud rises soon the entire house appears to be haunted torches gleam from window to window go up and down along the winding stairs and are seen even in the dormer windows of the roof which catch a gleam of all this animation and merry-making the entire hotel de nesmond is illumined as if a bright ray from the setting sun had kindled its windows 
ah mon dieu they will set the house afire said monsieur majeste and awakened from his stupor he tries to shake the numbness out of his legs and descends quickly into the courtyard where the lackeys have just lighted a big bright fire monsieur majeste approaches and speaks to them the lackeys do not answer him but continue to talk in a whisper among themselves yet as they talk not the slightest vapour escapes from their lips into the glacial darkness of the night monsieur majeste is not very well pleased but one thing reassures him that great fire which leaps straight into the air to such a height is a most singular fire a flame without warmth a fire which is bright but does not burn his mind set at rest on that score the good man climbs the steps and enters his storerooms these storerooms on the ground floor were in former days magnificent reception rooms bits of tarnished gold still glitter at every corner mythological figures circle about the ceiling surround the mirrors float above the doors in vague tints somewhat dimmed like the memories of bygone years unfortunately there are no curtains no furniture left only baskets and big packing-cases full of siphons with pewter heads behind the windows the blackened withered branches of an old lilac tree rise when monsieur majeste enters he finds his storeroom lighted and full of people he salutes them but no one pays the slightest attention to him the women each leaning on the arm of her cavalier continue to rustle their satin pelisses as they make little mincing ceremonious gestures they promenade talk and disperse verily all these ancient marquises seem to find themselves quite at home before a painted pier-glass one tiny apparition pauses all of a tremble and whispers to think that this is i just look at me and she glances with a smile towards a diana who is seen in the wainscoting slender rose-tinted a crescent upon her forehead nesmond come here and look at your coat of arms and every one laughs to see the nesmond arms blazoned upon a packing-cloth and the name of majeste underneath ha 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 majeste what have their majesties still a corner in france and endless gaiety greets this discovery tiny flute-like peals of laughter fingers tossed in the air and fantastic grimaces suddenly some one exclaims champagne champagne but it cannot be but it is yes yes it is champagne come countess quick a little for the sake of christmas eve it is monsieur majeste's seltzer water they have mistaken for champagne they find it slightly flat but bah they drink it just the same and as these poor little ghosts are somewhat light-headed by degrees that foaming seltzer animates excites them and fills them with a longing to dance minuets are formed four fine violins nesmond has summoned commence an air of rameaux all in triolets its quick short steps have a melancholy ring in spite of the vivacity of the rhythm 
it was delightful to see all these charming old couples turn about slowly saluting each other to the measure of that solemn music the very garments of the dancers seemed to renew their youth even those golden waistcoats brocaded coats and diamond buckled shoes the walls themselves seemed alive as they listened to those ancient airs the old mirror confined in the wall for two hundred years scratched and blackened at the corners recognized them also and reflected the image of each dancer a reflection slightly dimmed as if with the tender emotion of a regret in the midst of all this elegance monsieur majesty feels uneasy he squats behind a packing-box and watches them by slow degrees day arrives through the glass doors of the storeroom he sees the courtyard grow lighter then the light begins to come through the top of the windows and at last one whole side of the room is lighted as the light grows brighter the figures fade and become indistinct after a while monsieur majesty can see only two small violins lingering in a corner and as the daylight touches them they too vanish in the courtyard he can still perceive but vaguely the shape of a sedan chair a powdered head sewn with emeralds and the last spark from a torch which the lackeys have thrown on the pavement mingling with the sparks from the wheels of a wagon which passes heavily through the portal rumbling as it enters end of section thirty five